You know what they say, Garrett? What do they say? They say you're either you're you're a Coke guy or you're a Pepsi guy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. They say that you're you're either you know a, a, a salt man or a pepper lad. That's what they <laughs> yeah, say. Yeah, one or the other, definitely. Mm-hmm. There's two great titans in the board game industry. If you're looking at just kind of generalized, uh, if you, generalized intellectual property if, that's created in like, mass. If you like salt, you don't like pepper. If you like that's Pepsi, you don't like. Uh, Coca-Cola. Salt. (laughs) (laughs) So that begs the question, are you a Hasbro man, Garrett, or a Mattel lad? Oh, man. That's a a tough question. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's an objectively right answer, and I'll tell you why. Mm -hmm. From a money-making standpoint or from a... Whatever whatever you want to measure them against. Well, I mean, what's your objective right answer from? Oh, I'll tell you my. I'll tell you the reasoning right, why. We'll see. Let's see. All right. Before we go into this, let's go ahead and have a little bit of accountability here and introduce ourselves before we spit our horrible opinions into the universe. <laughs> Welcome to Roll and Move, the internet's only podcast that takes a look at some subpar board games consisting of rolling and moving and breaks them down just for you. I am your first co-host and one of the founders of Rough Draft Games, Thomas Schungerberg, and with me here, as always, is. Deputy Detective Garrett Lively. Hey, that's stolen valor right there, Garrett. I know for a fact you've never done a single detective class in your life. Detective class. Are are we not? Are we not counting board games as classrooms? You to me, detective class. Welcome to my detective class. I mean, board games are basically field training, right? It's one hundred percent. Anything you learn in a board game, you can take with you into real life. That's that's why I'm ready to join the CDC after playing Pandemic. (laughs) And with us here, too, is... Jeff Lee, you'll never catch me uh, committing a crime because I'm literally the demographic and description of a lot of people. That's right. <laughs> you will blend According right to in. That's right. So the reason that we are talking about Hasbro and Mattel is they have a little something to do with today's game that we're going to be talking about. We're talking about Lie Detector. That's right. The, the game that's sort of like Guess Who? Well, quickly, this is Lie Detector, the 2006 card version, of, oh, which is okay. um, a reimagining of the 1960s uh, Mattel game, Lie Detector, which aptly named. So uh, we're actually looking at the card version. It's like a relaunch. Is it really aptly named? Because after playing this, I was like, well, you're not really detecting lies. There's a couple things on the box that I think, mm-hmm. you know, goes into the... Yeah. They're, they're sort of misleading the people that are going to play it, but I'm sure we'll get into that eventually. Yeah, Garrett, you were the one who first picked up this game, and you saw you saw the stickers all over it. You saw the Mattel. What were your thoughts when you uh, when you first got this game and you were taking a look at it? I'll be 100 percent honest. I completely judged this book by its cover. I saw I was in Half Price Books, um, which were not working on a sponsorship with, but maybe... Do they just have a room for you in the back? Because you're there a lot. I'm, Garrett gets a I'm, red carpet rolled out when he pulls up, although it's a discount red carpet because it's half right. price. Right, yeah, exactly. <laughs> There's a tag on it for sale. and It was used at the 1973 tattered. Oscars. Now, the, only, the only time yeah. I talk to anybody in there is when I'm asking, hey, did you guys move your clearance section? Um, so... Like, so, yeah, yeah, right I'm, I'm in the back in the clearance section with like, th- there's just this smell of mildew purveying over my body. Um, anyways, <laughs> I, I see this in this, they have this little wire, uh, wire rack of just all these card games that have been thrown onto a shelf and like cards are falling out of half the boxes. Uh, this one was relatively well preserved here. And I saw this and I just see these 
crappy computer generated like graphics of human beings with like you were saying you know disproportionate uh features on their face like you know their nose is literally a third of their face yeah it looks like a salvador dolly painting yeah yeah it's incredible (laughs) and i'm like man it's just like somebody took you know the artist for uh the what'd you say the garbage pail kids yeah. Oh mm-hmm. gosh, I can't look at those paintings without getting like sick to my stomach. Not just because of like what they're depicting, but the art style is like everything has like this it looks like it's covered with a thin layer of grease. Like everything's <laughs> like super shiny, like all the all uh, any any mm-hmm. character's face looks exceptionally oily mm-hmm. and like that combined with like super duper droopy faces mm-hmm. which we have with this art, I I can't stand it. So you're looking at this thing and you're thinking, right. what? It, it's like, yeah. honestly, if you guys are familiar with the show Paw Patrol, which I think came out. In like <laughs> I, two, unfortunately, mid, I am. But yeah, yeah. I think it came out in like the 2000, mid 2010s. Um, mm-hmm. So this game came out in 2006. I think it, it's, it might be the same artist. And it, he was just like about, you know, 10 years too early on getting his, uh, his art direction together. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's just like this awful. I don't know. It's just it's just weird. It's just very. It is weird. It's it's, it's like it's not, very trippy type. It's not art. nice to look at, and it's just this weird computer computer graphic creation of human beings. And I don't know. It made my stomach churn, so I picked it up. I was like, we have to review this on the. On Do you guys know the Uncanny Valley? Do you guys know what that is? I don't know. No. So the the Uncanny Valley is this uh, concept that exists within the world of design in which the more people will either accept something that looks like a real person. So if it looks totally real, you're like, oh, okay, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And then if it's something looks like a straight up cartoon, like Bugs Bunny or Mickey Mouse, if it's very different from a human being, then that's also cool. Uh, But in between those two, exactly. If it falls in between those two concepts, it unleashes this disconcerting horror inside of you where you're just like it's it's kind of like looking into the eyes of a japanese sex doll where it's like made to look human when you're just like i'm looking at the husk of whatever this thing once was and it is now dead inside that's that's sort of the feeling i get in my stomach when i look at this box yeah 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 so anyways that is what attracted me to to purchase lie detector and bring it to you guys um, on the back of the box, it, it said that I'm going to play my cards, roll some die to score some points, co- uncover evidence, arrest criminals, and become the chief of police. So I was like, this this sounds like a pretty good game for us to play over webcam and to present to you guys <laughs> on the Roll and Move podcast. Um, I didn't actually check the Board Game Geek score of this before I bought it, which I usually do, mm-hmm. just to get a little idea of you know what we're in for, but... You know, went in blind, judged the book by a cover, and I was like, there's no way this is a good game, and uh, let's dig in. What a terrible motto. Went in blind, judge a book by its cover. <laughs> He's totally right. That's how human beings get through life. You either. You I'm either... not saying it's done. I'm just saying the principle of it is, is yeah. it's, it's very flawed, I will say, the more <laughs> you think about it. So, so Jeff, tell us a little bit about the uh, designer and the publisher here. So, our designer is... Uh, who, who's Brian Yu. Brian Yu, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's published by Mattel, um, the original publisher back in 1960. Um, and Brian Yu, it looks like, did a couple of other games here. On his Board Game Geek page, he has quite, he has a really solid resume behind him. He's like Mattel's go to guy when it comes to designing these games. Yeah. And, and I, that's nothing to, that holds a lot of weight, right? Because obviously Mattel's 
done uh they're, they're such a big company um they have uh balderdash they have the uh uno they they have uno they have skipbo they have mad gab they have uh phase 10 they do a lot of licensing work with like disney and uh wwe produces their action figures through mattel as well they have apples to apples they have they have a lot of really good, not only licensed intellectual property that they work with, but also Rock'em Sock'em Robots, some original stuff that they've uh, mm-hmm. they've produced. Fictionary. So they, yeah, they are one of the titans, which is why we had to start off our podcast by making <laughs> <laughs> sides, if you will. Yeah, yeah. So they produced this game, and Brian Hughes worked with them a lot actually on a side note this is kind of sad but on uh, on board game geek if you look at brian use um his uh profile pictures you'll see that like there's pictures of him through the years there's one from way long time ago and he looks like super young like maybe late 20s mm-hmm. early 30s and you look at his recent picture and he's like he's like in his 40s and he's like at this game convention and they took a picture of him with like a bunch of kids it's like really odd <laughs> it's like i i think that's great because he's what award is that garrett spiel the yard or, I, I don't yeah know referring to. that's like a that's a really prestigious award to get for your board game at least uh I, i'm guessing i'm not looking at this picture is it the spiel the yard it's uh, the one that looks it's like presented the by the spiel the yard yeah but it's he won yeah yep he's at the uh kinder spiel de, de jars okay. i'm probably yeah, yeah. pronouncing it yeah. wrongly uh award ceremony this is in yeah. 2014, so okay, okay. Well, yeah, that that is super prestigious. That is awesome. He's he's been around the track. So if you had if you had seen his name on this thing or had been able to do a little bit of research on it, we we might have been we might have had our expectations a little bit higher than they were. That's right. Uh, well, as you know, with Mattel or usually with you know those Hasbro games, is there, his name is not listed anywhere on this box. Um, I'm looking that's through such it right a shame. now. That's yeah. a shame. Yeah. So yeah, it's just it just it's got Mattel on the side and it says Crime Bust and Family Fun, but. Brian Yu's name is nowhere to be found. He was probably commissioned to do this because it sounds like it looks like Mattel just has like a, a group of people who they say, hey, we want a new version of uh, of this specific property that we have. And then they bring him on and he just sort of heads up the project and revamps the gameplay to create sort of a card version of uh, the original lie detector to make it a little bit more portable and a little bit more workable. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I respect where he's coming from because... To, to be able to to get an idea that is not entirely your own and uh, to just essentially get like a prompt. It takes you back to the high school days where you're like, yeah. I don't want to write an essay about uh, pollination collecting. <laughs> and then you have to come up with a five paragraph essay it. and slog through it. But and then to actually have something, you know, that's playable on the other side of that is, is, is pretty good. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, so we have our developer Mattel here, you know, and uh, let's let's go back to our initial question: Mattel or Hasbro, and why? What do you think, Jeff? I'm gonna say Hasbro, and the only reason why is because it's kind of a caveat here. One of their subsidiaries is Wizards of the Coast. Ooh, Ooh. Yeah, that's my argument. Point. It's a big pull. That's a good point. I think uh, I know. I'm I've not done any research on this, so I'm just skimming the surface of what I know here in my mm-hmm. mind, and and. Pretending like I didn't know that Magic the Gathering thing uh, just a second ago. I think from a money standpoint, obviously, you would go with Hasbro just because they have the Titans like Monopoly, which is, I, mm-hmm. I'm sure, the best-selling board game to this day uh, right? every year. They also got the Transformers. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, but, but it, just thinking of what I do know, I mean, I'm a big fan of Balderdash. That's a good one. Um, mm-hmm. 
apples to apples is objectively better than cards against humanity objectively uh, objectively, objectively. Uh, I would, I would, I would go with Mattel from a from an artistic standpoint, but I, I think from the money standpoint, you would definitely go with Hasbro. I like the DC versus Marvel kind of comparisons that we're we've got going here. <laughs> oh yeah, in that relationship, I'd say that uh, Hasbro is probably more Marvel. You know, they're a little bit more extravagant in the way that they do things. Mattel's DC, so I'm going Mattel. <laughs> there you go. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. I gotta, go I gotta stick with the classics. Go with the underdogs in that relationship there. Okay, so I did, I did not realize they had Wizards of the Coast. I mean, we may have mentioned that before, but that is incredible. Mm-hmm. They uh they they're just kind of a they have a history of acquisition, so it seems like they buy a lot of a lot, you know, they they acquired Parker Brothers, Milton Bradley. Well, I think Fair they enough. probably came together, but yeah. I'm, I'm I'm putting my criteria based on what they put on the box. I'm sure Magic the Gathering does not put Hasbro right on the box. They probably there. don't. That's no. fair. <laughs> Got to keep that branding separate. Okay, so we have all these thoughts before opening the game. Mm-hmm. So now, would you be so kind as to tell us what's in the box? What's in the box? <laughs> that, was a good that was a good mm-hmm. squawk. Thank you. Uh, open it up. It's a nice crime-saving card game, as we said. So it's got a deck of cards. Pretty easy. Um, mm-hmm. It's got four of those cards are what we call interrogation rooms. They're just There's a red, a black, a green, and a blue interrogation room. Um, and then there's 64 of the cards that you, you'll play with. My favorite part of this is we got a nice poster. Uh, it comes with a nice little, I don't know, maybe eight by six poster of 16 different suspects that you're going to be looking for throughout the game um, mm-hmm. with the same stomach-churning art. <laughs> it just reminds me, like, when we were in like we're kids in the 90s, like, these characters used to come up in, like... I feel like in our textbooks or something, like mm-hmm. you know, Jimmy went and bought five apples from the store or whatever, and it'd be like a picture of this or something. Like, right. there's always some weird, yeah, weird art like this. Some guy who just took a bunch of LSD in the 70s and then, like, couldn't kick the vision. Doesn't the car so salesman guy kind of remind you of, um, uh, what's his name from Fear and Loathing in, La- in Las Vegas? Oh, God, yeah. This Johnny looks Depp. like, it looks like a freaking, like, what was that, Terry Gilliam? Who did that? Who did that film? Yeah, it kind of it kind of reminds you of <laughs> some of that. Anyways, anyways, as you're inspecting these people, you realize some of them have the exact same hair that's just been transplanted from one character to the next. Uh, the aerobic instructor and the tattoo artist literally have the exact same blonde afro. Uh, some of them have some glasses that have just been copy and pasted between the different characters, and you start to realize that hey, these are kind of all divisible groups of people here um mm-hmm. so the point of the game is oh sorry let me let me back up real quick uh there's also four i'm sorry eight uh different characteristic tabs and you put these tabs in the different interrogation rooms and on the front side it shows a quote-unquote witness and on the back side it has a specific character trait of the guilty party ev- eventually right. um so I'll, and from there i'll just dive straight straight into the rules um the rule book itself is what I liken to when you walk in, you're on a guest. Let's go back to the 90s um, mm-hmm. before we had smartphones, before we had GPSs. You're on your way with your family. We lived in Georgia. So say we're taking a road trip up to, I don't know, Dahlonega, Kentucky. Sure. Uh, <laughs> your dad knows there's some construction going on. So he decides to take a detour. Um, you realize that you're probably heading in the wrong direction and it's been about 45 minutes since you've seen any sign of civilization you pull into a gas station and you just 
go grab one of those maps that you have to like literally take up the entire front seat of the car uh, right to fold out yeah so it's made of one of those super thin materials mm-hmm. too can, it feels like a wrapper yeah you can never fold it back to the exact right uh, proportion there's too many it, folds like, there's right. no way you can never yeah. get it back into that square it's always just you eventually just roll it up or you know just like <laughs> crumple it together um that is what the this instruction book is so it's like super it's probably 16 inches long like it's it is it is real long maybe not 16 maybe like 12 14 inches mm-hmm. uh and it's a bifold um eventually uh so anyways the rules basically you are trying to make melds. Uh, once you make a meld of say what's blue a what's cards, a meld, Gare? With all you non meld players, a meld's just gonna be a group of cards. Um, in this game it's gonna be groups of cards with the exact same color. So we have blue cards, red cards, green cards, black cards. Mm-hmm. In you're going to make a meld of three cards that all share the same color. They can have different numbers on them, but the numbers are gonna add up to say seven. For example, a meld could be a blue three, a blue two, and a blue one, or it could be a blue three, a blue two, and a blue two. You know, it doesn't matter what the numbers are. They're going to add up to some number. That number, you're going to eventually want to get close to the witnesses breaking point in their interrogation room. So all these interrogation rooms have little numbers on them. You're trying to get up to that interrogation number. If you get kind of close, so say maybe you have uh, 12 points worth of red cards but you need to break the character at 14 you can say Mm. i'm going to take a risk i'm going to roll the die and see if i can get the extra points from the die roll so you would need a die roll of two or higher right if you don't get a two you get that uh the lowly one Mm -hmm. you do not break the witness and instead you have to discard one of your melds so that's a big deal. It takes some That's time. A big deal. It takes yeah, some time takes, to get those melds together. It takes a it right. takes a good bit of time. I feel like the consequences are just high enough, and I I like that the game is able to supply a little bit of material for different play styles. If you're more of a risky player mm-hmm. and you just are looking to plow through the game and get your information as quickly as you possibly can to start making guesses, then you can do that with a riskier play style for yep. melds. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I I did not do that. I was not going for a no, riskier playstyle no. this time. You played and, it safe. Uh, you played it safe. And I uh, I, I and paid you lost. Mm-hmm. I paid the price for it. But uh, please continue, Gear. Yeah, absolutely. And then the so basically that's that's the game. There's four different interrogation rooms, and you're trying to to break each witness. And so eventually each each uh, witness will cut the cut the field in half essentially. So only one character has all four traits on the back of each witness tab. Um, the other, the only other mechanics is on your turn, you draw, uh, either the top card from the discard pile that the player previously discarded, or you draw two cards, uh, face down from the deck. And so that way you kind of replenish your hand. Um, but you can also, there's a little bit of decision-making as far as, do I want this black card? Um, and then also the black cards are considered wild and they're wild in a pretty untraditional sense. Um, this was a little bit confusing. For you guys, because it's kind of a new take on wild cards, is that like, um, or at least an uncommon take on wild cards, is the, the black cards could be used for any color of room, but they couldn't be used as wild cards within their specific melds. So you still had to make a group of three black cards, but you could use those three black cards to interrogate the witness in the red room. Yeah, black right. basically room, black melds room. are wild, black cards are not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, And then the black interrogation room, you could use any 
color of card to interrogate that witness. So the the black interrogation room had a higher breaking point on it. It was like 20 and the other ones were like 14. So you could right. use your blue meld and your red meld and your black meld to interrogate the witness. And the black. They're like the O and the, what is it, AB of blood. You can accept yeah. and and give to anybody. <laughs> I I have no idea what my blood type is. I don't know what my blood type is. <laughs> you can take a guess as to who the guilty person is at any time. If you get it right, you win the game. If you get it wrong, the other person automatically wins the game. So you can narrow it down. You can narrow it down to you can take a one in sixteen guess. You can take a one in eight guess, a one in four guess, or one in two guess. And uh or you can take a one in one guess. You can you can get all four clues and know exactly who it is. And if you botch it at that point, I don't know what to do for you. I will say the one thing um, that was like, let's say you have a black meld and then you use it for the red mm-hmm. witness. Uh, you can immediately turn around and use it for the green. So that did make the game run a lot faster. Um, and you didn't quote unquote consume cards. And then also you can use it for the blacks too, the black, the black, mm-hmm. um, black witness. So well, it just made it to actually, where like, I didn't realize that I, I, I actually, <laughs> I should have used my melds, uh, to get the information from the black, from the black room. <laughs> the black room was what? a lot higher too. Yeah. It, it says in the instructions to their credit that the black cards are the most powerful. So you should, mm-hmm. you get should a, get a meld of it. Too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, because they're so versatile, so I'll, I'll give them I'll give them props for that. They they at least acknowledge called that. called it out. Yeah, and mm-hmm. and again, this is a game for eight ages eight and up, so it's not necessarily intended to to be the most balanced two player mm-hmm. game of all time. Which it, it is a two player game. I don't know if I said that. This is a did you game. tell them about the action cards that you can also get? From the oh deck yeah, deck? yeah. Those are I those are uh, um. There's a handful of maybe like five or six. Um, and yeah. they're they're just your various you know take any card from the discard pile instead of the top card, uh, remove a player's meld or take a card from a player's meld, forcing them to put the rest back in their hand, force mm-hmm. the player to re-roll a die. Um, you get to re-roll a die, just various things like that. So and, a li- and- just a little wrinkle of strategy that you can throw in there is like, should I discard this card because I only have two cards and or three mm-hmm. cards and two of them are are color coordinated. Or yeah. and I don't want to necessarily discard this action card, or uh, do I play it and then discard the color I need? So I I, I kind of like that little addition of action cards. It was enough to make me think, you know. It was yeah. enough to make me go, yeah. oh man, which of these is the best one to lay down? Because because um, if it's just if it's just straight colors, you know, it's almost a, a simple mathematics problem in your head of like, hey, I have two black cards and two red cards obviously black are more powerful okay so i'm going to discard a red card all right i'm going to discard i have a two and a one i'm going to discard the one so it, it you know it Optimizing almost eliminates value, all yeah. the strategy um if you don't have those little wrinkles in there so i appreciate the little wrinkles of the action cards and then also the versatility of the black cards and then also the risk taking mechanic of deciding if you just want to roll a die and uh yeah that, i took that did a i mention times. did i mention if you roll a die you and you get it right you get to uh interrogate the witness if you get it wrong you have to discard an entire meld and it goes into the discard pile not into yep. your hand you mentioned yeah, yeah. I think we mentioned you mentioned that, the, yeah. you mentioned the discard i don't think you mentioned necessarily that if you get it right what you get out of it which is yeah you mm-hmm. get to basically complete that portion of the of the interrogation and get the okay. the okay, question from remember. the witness Sorry. Um, I will ask though. So you mentioned it's a two-player game. Did um, does there have to be a GM? Because I noticed that those tiles, like obviously, um, the four tiles are directed towards a specific witness, or mm-hmm. are a specific suspect. Um, how did you know what tiles to place down if you're only playing with two people, or do you need a third person? 
So the guilty person is determined solely by the four pieces of evidence that you put out or the four witnesses that you put out. So for example, um, or not for example, in the rules it says when you make a guess, so like in, in your case, Jeff, Jeff, in our game, Jeff won the game. He had gotten three of the, he had broken three of the witnesses. And so he had a 50-50 shot of choosing the uh, guilty person. So basically the rules are you flip over all of the witnesses and if it matches exactly, you win. If it mm-hmm. doesn't match, you lose. So, and that can only be really be done with the two-player game, um, because if it, you know, if you, if you revealed that last tile to anyone that didn't have that information, um, mm-hmm. then mm-hmm. even if I had lost and there was mul- more than two players, and that third player would would have gotten some information there. But so yeah, it's it's Correct. kind of unique to us to a two-player game where it's a, you know, you end the game here one way or the other, mm-hmm. um, and that's in that that's what I did there. But yeah, yeah that makes sense. It, it seems like. They're all tied to one specific person, right? Uh, you don't you don't draw the you don't draw the su- suspect. Yeah, I, I get yeah, it. Yeah, it's not it, you don't. I don't match the witnesses up based on who I drew. The witnesses solely determined. Got it. So you don't need a GM. Yeah. Overall, I think the gameplay was like really solid, or at least I thought it was really solid. Yeah. Uh, yeah from a certain agreed. perspective, I I was pleasantly surprised to get to the end of the game and we're like, oh, wow, 25 minutes has gone by, right? It didn't mm-hmm. drag on. It was very quick for a two-player game. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, man, what am I going to complain about when it comes to <laughs> this game and we have to do the podcast? Yeah. I, I think the only thing that we that like I can really nail down as far as something I think might be an issue is the way that the game uh, puts itself across. And you were mentioning this like you were reading a little bit of the back of the box here. Yeah. You want to do you want to read the back of the box and Yeah, like... it's funny the the, the basis the basics of the game according to the back of the box are play your cards and roll the die to score points, which is a little misleading, right? You do, you're not <laughs> too generic. <laughs> you're not scoring points to try to win yeah. the game, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then it says uncover the evidence, arrest the criminal and become chief of police, which it, I to me it's just a disservice to what the game actually is. And, it, it, you know, it's I do understand that thematically you can call this game lie detector and it's pretty similar to the 1960s version, which is um, uses one of the mechanics of like you have all these people that share similar characteristics and you narrow it down. Eventually, only one person can be the uh, guilty person. Mm-hmm. Um, but this game, you never feel like you're using a lie detector you you never feel like there's misinformation or or, or lying or anything like yeah, that yeah so. i definitely suffered from um from the fact that it was a, a retake on one the, an existing game that had a lie de- detector in it um mm-hmm. whether or not that lie detector did its justice in that game we're not going to cover in the show but mm-hmm. yeah I, I agree i think part of it was it became a card game and with it it carried on its name and some of the monikers and some sure. of the terminology and um mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and and unfortunately, and, that got kind of got lost when it moved towards a card game. And, so. and, and I can get behind the other stuff. Um, I'll talk about the art really quickly. So, like the blue cards are fingerprints, the red cards are like DNA or something like that. I think. So mm-hmm. you know, you can kind of get behind your collecting evidence, and that points you towards a person with blonde hair or something like that. So, like right. I can get behind your your investigating, and and I I felt like this was an investigatory game in that regard, and eventually you just you know, try to make a guess as to who it is and maybe get lucky. I'm sure that happens in the criminal justice system. Sometimes. One thing I said was, uh, yeah, I guess it's sort of realistic, but I was like, man, you're going to get, you could get a false conviction here. Cause it's yeah. like, you're trying to, you're trying to get that promotion. That's right. Trying to move up in the company. Yeah. And you're just like, I got to make the big arrest faster than anybody else. 
Jeff got lucky. Got a shoot your shot. Sent, you could have sent an innocent man to jail, Jeff. Yeah, but here, here's here is my here's what I thought. I it came down to the <laughs> politician. <laughs> came down to the politician and the artist. Uh-huh. The artist was my guest. So if he's wrong and he goes to jail, no loss. No loss. <laughs> no loss. <laughs> I mean, if we throw another artist in jail, really whatever. Sorry, Jared Yamahata. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> Uh, yeah. So is there any sort of uh, maybe a group consensus on this game? Have you guys found any uh, any any takes on this version of lie detector? Maybe another version of lie detector? Uh, what are you guys seeing online? My favorite review is from Rob Neville, 73, from South Carolina here in the U.S. He gave the game a 2 out of 10. His comments are as follows. If I can avoid playing this cheap guess who game at all costs until the cards biodegrade into dust, I will be happy. Ouch. Pretty rough. <laughs> That's a little rough. I thought this game was better than guess who. Right. I'll just give well, you yeah. a peek into what my score is going to be later. But yeah, I thought it was better than guess who for sure. It's definitely. What did that guy give it? Two out of ten. Two out of ten. Is that the, is that the guy with the Gadsden flag as his profile picture? <laughs> Pro, I he's think so, a, yeah. I don't tread on me. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And then uh, a similar review from Great Red Warrior here in Texas. Mm-hmm. Uh, three out of ten. Awful. Like Guess Who, but without the fun. He likes Guess He's like, oh, I love He's what? like, Guess Who is a classic guess who game. more fun than this? Well, it's, you know, you get to flip the, you get to do the... And flip down all the <laughs> same thing. It's the same thing. Does your is your person have a flat top? And then if they say yes, you just hear <laughs> just bashing. He just knock them all down on plastic. At least people identified it. There's another guy. His name is Logan Wood from from Netherland, Texas, which sounds like a misspelling of Netherland. Um, this is basically a card game version of Guess Who with a few things tacked on. Not terribly complex or anything, but great for beginners and kids. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that's I'm a seeing, fair assessment, but yeah, definitely. I'm seeing a lot of comparisons to gin rummy, uh, yeah. like psych Wars saying that it's a fun, fast rummy variant. Uh, and you know, he gave it a six out of 10. These are, these are all from board game geek, by the way. Um, a lot of people just are, they're going to gin rummy. They're going to guess who a lot of them aren't really embracing the whole lie detector aspect yep. of it. Um, but for your <laughs> entertainment at home, uh, Garrett has taken the liberty of finding some other lie detector games. If if you wanted to play those, right? If if you wanted to play That's a right. different lie detector game with more of an honest, true to form lie detector mechanic, uh, what do you what do you got for us, Garrett? Well, Walmart um, was selling. Apparently, it's called the Shocking Lie Detector Game, uh, and apparently, it's a it's a little dome. It's got a metal top, and you put your hands through it and Velcro your hand to it. And apparently you ask Strap in. you ask your friends questions. And that's it. There's no instructions. <laughs> and it'll shock you if the person is telling a lie, which which is great. We don't know the strength of the shock, but I think it's a humorous little uh and yeah, a little zap. A humorous little game you can you can just buy. I have no idea if it works, but Thomas was saying that would be such a bad idea to go out and buy <laughs> With, especially with our, I don't know us. about I don't know about your friend group at home, but our friend group here at Rough Draft Games, we would we would we would not be friends anymore. I'm, I'm you would immediately sure. you'd immediately take advantage of just someone's inability to <laughs> to mm-hmm. cover up to cover up the worst parts of their personality. <laughs> yeah, that'd yeah, be awesome. Be costing. Um, it's got a good product review for it too, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, sorry. Do you have that? I I don't have that. 
I got it pulled up right here. Let's go for it. Great product, but it ruined my life. The product worked great, but it ruined my life because my wife thought it would be fun to do this, so I agreed, and she asked me questions if I cheated on or if I slept with my best friend, and I lied about all of them, and the detector detected that I lied, and now she's filing for divorce. Great product. <laughs> got him. It's the, only pro- it's the only it's the only rating listed on Walmart. I thought website. it'd be great. Possibly it my life. By the way, it says this item is no longer available. So Old unfortunately, we mentioned that the artwork for this game was kind of creepy. If you go back and look at the 1960 version of Spy Detector, oh, yeah. um, Lie Detector, I think they call it Spy Detector too. The art in that game is really creepy. It's like even more semi-humanistic yeah, it- than ours. It's it's nutty. It's kind of how we were talking. Like they have these weird proportional features, but like it's you know this 1960s art style yeah. versus this 2000s like Pixar age computer graphic of. I'm like terrible. totally creeped out right now. Yeah. Yeah. It's like it's all about filling in that uncanny valley voice. It's that's that's all that matters yeah. when you're making something. Um, according to CNET, Hasbro is making a lie detector party game that analyzes your voice, so that you guys can all look forward to that coming out. I love that CNET covered that because there's like a neat little device in it, and so like, oh, this is this sounds cool. <laughs> uh, I found this review from Royce Banalos. Uh, my, I just want to read my favorite part of this is he saw this at a garage sale for one dollar paid 85 cents for it <laughs> so yeah <laughs> got a pretty good down. deal huh talked him down yeah so, <laughs> why is that better uh, okay objectively why is that better i get it you're saying 15 cents but like it's much easier to just pay the dollar than to find 85 cents no way, man. No but he way. loved it. He said he loves it for the... Uh, I enjoy the game and will likely keep it. The low cost, which I, which he haggled down. He did put that. Uh, and simplicity is something my wife and I enjoy. If a new gamer joins in at a meetup, this would be a good entry-level game that will be both familiar and yet new. For many, though, I would assume this is a pass, and there's no problem with that. Lie Detector is a solid mass-market game, but will be fa- far too light for most hobby gamers. I'm still chuckling at that scenario. Like I'm like, hey, I got a dollar... But I want to pay for. I want to buy for eighty five cents. Give me fifteen. Give me fifteen cents back. I paid two bucks. Two bucks on the clearance. Give me fifteen cents back. I want this for a deal. They're like, why don't you just give me the dollar? To be easier for both of us. No, give me fifteen cents back. I want to. I want fifteen percent off of my price. Yeah, the box. I'm pretty sure this is missing a die. I feel like this guy brings up the price whenever he plays it with somebody. Like they're in the middle of the game. He's like, I bet you'll never guess how much I got this for. And they're like. Uh, I think I'm gonna play this meld in the red room. He goes, go on, guess. Come on, <laughs> how much you think? How much you think I got this game for? I, b- I bet you whatever game, you right? guess, it's gonna be lower. You're having a good time, aren't you? Gonna be yeah. Lower. How much you think I got this game for? Five bucks lower. <laughs> I don't know, three bucks lower. Lower. <laughs> I'm just gonna draw it out. Inevitably, I bet 99% of those guesses go from someone goes a dollar. He goes lower. And he's he, like, I don't know, lower. free? And I, like, I can see it now. Higher. When somebody guesses a dollar, when somebody guesses a dollar, he, he, locks, eye, he locks eyes with them, mm-hmm. gives them a slight smile, a slight eyebrow raise, right. and then just whispers, lower. <laughs> I picture, I'm adding a little cents. finger wag, he was, too. He like was little... waiting. He was waiting for somebody to guess a dollar. But uh, when right. you go from a dollar, after you go from a dollar, who's going to guess 85 cents? Some, everyone's going to go free. <laughs> And then he's gotta he's gotta block it back and he's gotta go no no no, no higher <laughs> oh shucks <laughs> okay guys so what are your personal ratings of this game we got to see what everyone else thinks but let's get let's get to the brass tacks here what the people came here for 
what are the rough draft games boys' scores? Who wants to start off? Jeff, you want to start things I'll off? I'll start things off. Yeah, so uh, we mentioned a, co- a couple things here. The, it's, it's, it's meant to be a two-player game. It's meant to be a really quick-paced game. Um, I thought there was just enough mechanics to get you through a really quick game, and um, there was enough to... The gameplay wasn't linear, which I really, really enjoyed. Um, there was a couple, um, I wouldn't call it gotchas, but there was a couple, a couple mechanics where you can kind of affect other players. I think Thomas stole a card of mine out of my meld, which was nice. Um, I had a lot of fun playing the game. I think art wise it was, yeah, it wasn't my favorite. So I'll have to dock off that. Um, you know, this might have been close to technically close to the highest game I've rated. The highest being small soldiers, big battle, uh, which I wasn't actually there for. Um, I'm going to give this, I'm going to give this a flat 6.0. Uh, not quite small. soldiers. Not quite small. I don't think I can. As a reminder, guys, Jeff gave small soldiers, big battle, a seven and a half. So the highest rated game we've had on the, on the podcast i'm gonna follow in your footsteps here jeff uh i i thought this game was it was a nice surprise okay you know it was it was a lot of fun to play with two people it was short it was quick the only thing the only complaints that i have are sort of non-complaints it's it's like i don't think that they i don't think that thematically the game really matched up to what the title was but i don't think that that's a there's any problems in the design of the game mechanics which is the bread and butter of the game um I would say that maybe I would like a different art style, but that doesn't it doesn't really detract too much away from the score for me this time around. I would probably go on the record and say that this is maybe a 5.25. It's a solid game. I'd yeah. play it again, uh, but not too often, you know. It's not it's not going to be my go-to two-player game. I think uh I might reach for like a, a patchwork. Is that the is that the quilting game that yeah. I played one with Travis? Yeah, I, I go. I, I might go for that before I start reaching for this okay. bad boy. All right, fair enough. Uh, that is your second highest rated game, also behind Small Soldiers Big Battle, which was a oh, five point wow. nine. Uh, I am right there with you, boys. This was a great surprise. I'm. I, it was a nice tight package. Um, the math was all solid. I mean, I think the decisions were meaningful. I think. For an introductory level game, this is a hundred percent serviceable. So I am gonna give it also one of my highest scores. I'm gonna give it a five point five, which is tied with Small Soldiers Big Battle and also my battle Yahtzee. Tying it up with the old AVP. That's right. I've forgotten about that. It's a good one. That brings the Rough Draft Boys average to five point five eight. A solid point five eight higher than the board game geek average. <laughs> we loved it. Solid 0.58. That is the most concrete number I've ever heard I in wish my it was life. A, I wish it was a 0.85. I wish it was 85 cents no, higher. 0.58. 85 point cents <laughs> higher than what Board Game Geek gave. 0.58 higher than the Board Game Geek rating of the original card game. Uh, for the record, the 1960s version has a 5.8 on Board Game Geek. That's impressive. Well, there you go. I feel like we're like that guy who at the garage sale, they're like, hey, can, this is $5, and we're just like, higher. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you guys would like to get uh, get in contact with us about what you think of lie detectors and their potential to ruin your own friendships, 
We would love to hear from you guys. You can contact us at Rough Draft Games on Twitter, where uh, you can hit us up for all things in regards to uh, this podcast or even the game that we're working on our own, All Rise. And Brian, you, if you're out there and you would like to defend the art choices that Mattel made for the game <laughs> that they commissioned yeah. you for, please contact us at our email address roughdraftgames at gmail.com I have a feeling just because of the way that the copy is written on the board game that he didn't really have much of a say <laughs> on anything on oh, the I know. box oh I know <laughs> I just want him to I want him Poor to point Brian. fingers I want him to give us names <laughs> yeah call out <laughs> this Get person names. call out your colleagues please I, that way we can start yeah. figuring out what other art that, or other uh, copy that guy was working on um, yeah. And if you want to come meld with us on some of our other projects, like our thematic posts and, of course, our game All Rise, come check out roughdraftgames.com. That was a good use of meld, Jeff. Yeah, that was a really Thank solid. You. I've never heard that word used in real life. Uh, and lastly, but certainly not leastly, we would love it if you guys could go to iTunes and rate us five stars. Thank you so much to the people who have already done that, but it helps other people find the podcast really gets the word out and it shares the love and you want to share the love right i do nah not jeff not jeff keep it to myself he's gonna hoard that thing up keep it all locked away just for jeff spent valentine's day in a closet here's my promise to you listener if you go rate us on itunes leave a little review i will read that review not live but on air and if it's a request for a game Garrett has made the Gare Bear promise. That's right. He will go the out Gare and Bear get guarantee. That game. The guarantee. You're the first person to ask us to play a game. I will go get it. Expense be darned. So take him up on that offer. Leave us a review at iTunes, and we will take it from there. But until next time, take care. See you later. Yeah.